Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bloodthirsty Times. I'm your host, Emily. And it's your boy, Will. And I'm Octavio. This week we are discussing and probably debating an unprecedented case, unprecedented case, sorry, that changed the way a lot of people view the meaning of our First Amendment and how it was obviously implemented well before the invention of digital communication. So grab your iPhone 5C, check your AIM or Yahoo Messenger, and join us in these bloodthirsty times. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times, and these are bloodthirsty times. You're muted. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna dancing like Will normally does. <laughs> yeah. You didn't do it. No. So today's story will spark much debate and is somewhat relevant to what's going on in our country today. We are heading to Mattapoisett, Massachusetts to discuss the suicide of Conrad Roy, Conrad Henry Roy III. We don't glamorize the defendants in our stories, but a lot of people don't even realize who Conrad was and simply discuss this case as its colloquially known title as the texting suicide case or as it's formerly known the commonwealth of massachusetts first michelle carter or i love you now die or plainville or something oh yeah the girl from plainville i just can't but i think that's like an actor's version of it not like no, yeah, that's, that's definitely the movie version so do you know anything about this will uh just whatever like bits and pieces in the news and stuff but yeah i didn't do a deep deep dive on it or anything i know i know a bit more than that because we watched which one uh massachusetts first commonwealth no we watched the the, i love you now now die but it's in two parts so that's right it's also very difficult to get you have to like watch a dubbed version of it on youtube but anyways it's good worth watching i mean it's you know it's worth a watch Yeah. yeah and then i don't know about the plainville one thing we didn't watch that no that's and a that's movie no it's like a tv show i think is it i don't we didn't yeah we didn't watch <laughs> I don't it know. I don't know. we didn't watch it but anyways so conrad henry roy iii was born on september 12 1995 and grew up in mattapoisett massachusetts he had a very close family and friends he was a standout athlete in baseball crew and track during his short life he worked alongside his grandfather what's crew, what's crew? row like rowing Uh-oh. okay yeah like the thing from that a, facebook movie must be a massachusetts <laughs> thing nope I think, not, yeah, well, nope isn't it an ivy league thing not no they do have those at ivy leagues yes they have crew teams that but it's not called rowing it's called crew like that's the sport it's called crew you actually yeah, have, row in crew don't you don't they have a conversation in the facebook movie like oh you row crew it's just crew yeah oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that? It's your favorite movie. Yeah, it's really good. The Social, Social Network. National, yeah, that, that is a really fucking good movie. You haven't seen that movie? Go watch <laughs> that. That's an incredible movie. I haven't seen it. Oh my oh god, my Andrew Garfield in it. Um, Jesse, whatever his name Jesse is. Jesse Eisenberg. It? Eisenberg. Uh, there's uh, Justin uh, the, Timberlake is in it. Mar- Army Hammer is a twin. Oh yeah, he's two people. He's two people, which the world can't handle one right now. So and his name is Army Hammer. <laughs> Anyways, dude, great movie. One of my favorites of all time. It's so well done. Yeah. Sorry, no, also not taking away from this, but you need to watch that movie if you haven't. True. 
anyways, so um, he worked beside his family in their business of marine salvage, and he even obtained his captain's license during the spring of 2014 before he even graduated from high school. A captain's license? Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Seems like he's got plans to go places. Hey, he's, got a lot, he's got a lot going for him. Yeah. He was also very intelligent, and he graduated with a 3.88 GPA in June of 2014, and then he was accepted to study business at Fitchburg State University. have no clue where that is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be a stickler here. Just because you have a good GPA doesn't mean you're smart. It just means you does the work. It means you do the work. I didn't work. say smart. I said he was intelligent. intelligent. Was, is that not a synonym? Um, No, I think there's like differing meanings. Like, yeah, but I'm saying like a GPA yes, measures your work ethic, I guess. It doesn't measure what you know. It measures your attainability and memorization, actually. Oh, well, that's not the same thing then. Fitchburg <laughs> <laughs> uh, State University is in Massachusetts. I mean, I figured it was Massachusetts. I just didn't know what city. Fitchburg, maybe. <laughs> so, yep. Yes, Fitchburg, <laughs> man. Yeah. You would have known. What a guess, huh? Well, if you think about it, how many states are the city state? University, not many. It's Mississippi yeah. State University, Alabama State. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I didn't you, I think Fitchburg would. That didn't make sense to me. So whatever. All right. So, with all that being said, all the great things he had going on in his life, we as humans know that no matter what good we have going on in our lives, there is always those moments that we aren't at our best. That could possibly be physically, emotionally, or mentally. And in this case we will heavily discuss the fragile state of what seems like two people who have their whole lives ahead of them on the outside, but are fighting an agonizing battle on the inside. There were issues in his family that I'm sure attributed to the social anxiety and depression that he struggled with. There are police or re- police reports backing up physical abuse by his father. And there was witnessed abuse, verbal abuse by his grandfather. While they state it was just him keeping in line it was just them keeping him in line and making sure that he knew his place. Others felt differently about it. And some speculated that it could have contributed to his desire to kill himself. That's, that is a fine line. I know Will has a lot of um, experience with this as well as I, uh, it is like seen as I'm just disciplining my child and, you know, growing up as millennials, it was a lot of, it was physical. It was physical, uh, you know, spankings or even hit with a belt, you know, take off your belt and spank your kid with it, that, that type of thing. It was just seen as I'm just and disciplining my we kid. We also have to remember like, okay, so, okay, so like we have kids now, we have almost 13 year old, mm-hmm. a seven year old, and we don't spank them. No, not nearly. Like I, mean, I, ha- I lose my shit like, on them a lot. Like I, I feel like I could knock them out like knock their head off but I don't but my mom and dad spanked me and I don't feel that I necessarily learned from like it was angering in the moment it hurt but I wouldn't say that it deterred me from doing whatever I got spanked for again so I just didn't think that spanking was the best method for teaching my children not to do something wrong yelling that doesn't really seem to work either but I don't know just taking shit away at this point is probably the best method but with the, this is, he was in 2014, he was 18. So we're in a different generation. Also, the parents mm-hmm. are older than us. So they're not, but I don't believe they're as old as our parents. Well, he was born in 95. So he's a millennial, technically a younger one. We're elder. But um, yeah, well, like I think Will has, he can probably speak on the seat with his grandpa, right? Like you, you have this oh, kind yeah, of same. Was, yeah, everything was learned by, uh, by a belt. Yeah. And I mean, my I mean, dad did the same thing type of how, thing. That's how it was. 
I like I agree with what Emily said though. I don't think I really learned anything from it. Or I mean, I I will I take that back. I learned not to do it to my kids. So there's that. Yeah, that's that's. Um, and I'm not like one of those people who frowns on people who spank their kids. Do you like? I don't care. Just I mean, I don't. I don't con I don't condone like you beating the shit out of your kid. Like he yeah, was like actually he's... beat up. Like they, there were police reports. He mm -hmm. physically assaulted his son, not like spanked him. Yeah, that's, he that's beat the different. shit out of him. That's so not that's not teaching him to do something or keeping him from like that's not putting him in his place. He's eighteen or yeah, almost you no, know, he's sixteen or seventeen at this time. But regardless, like fighting, punching in the face, all those kinds of things, that's not discipline. That's physical abuse assault. that's just that's, getting yeah. the shit beat out of you that's yes that's all that is so but yeah spankings i don't feel that that is like it hurts in the moment it makes me pissed off at the person who's you know doing it but also i, I don't know i think you just yeah but i mean as a i guess as a guy man um you live for that moment right where you can where your dad comes at you or your grandpa whoever it is comes at you and then he's like comes to like spank you and then you're like is that all you got you look them in the eyes like, is that it? Are you done? Yeah, done. Because that moment, I think every guy who grew up old, like in our generation or even obviously older, has that moment, right? Where you look at your dad and you're just like, is that it? Are you done? Do you feel better? Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. have that moment. You feel better now? You get your anger out on me? All yeah. right. That's on. scary. And it, like... and it's, that's the moment, though, like when it you it doesn't affect you that they stop. Yeah, it changes. Because it changes the whole dynamic. And I think... But it's not, not a like glamorized thing. I'm just saying, like every guy probably has that experience. I think. I don't know. My dad used to always spank me, and then like ten minutes later, come back and tell me he loved me and say he was sorry. And my mom used to just knock the shit out of me or yank my ponytail like out of nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was way me. more afraid of my mom than than I was <laughs> my dad. My mom, because she grabbed whatever was nearest. What, yes, whatever. My mom would grab nearest. a wooden spoon mainly, wooden spoon, or she'd knock the shit out of the back of my head, or she would yank my ponytail. But my dad only spanked with a belt or maybe his hand. I don't even remember now. But and mm. it was really, I had to be like really, really have done something bad to do that. We should probably see therapists. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. We could just talk to each other on a microphone yeah. at home. But. And, and have other people listen to us talk. Yeah. <laughs> just air out all of our just uh, pretend that they're actually All of our inner demons. Yeah. yeah. So, Conrad grew up frequently visiting his family in Naples, Florida. In the summer of 2012, it was no different than any of the other visits in the past, except that summer started a chain of events that forever changed the lives of two families. While in Naples that summer, Conrad met a girl named Michelle Carter. She was also on vacation visiting family, and after being introduced by another family member, they realized that both of them lived one place said four hours and one thing said 35 minutes. So I'm not 100% certain. I remember She's being like from Plainville, Plainville, Massachusetts. He's from Mattapoisett. So I, wherever remember, those are. If memory serves, it's like 50 we'll find miles. Out. Hold on. Yes. William yeah. will let us know. Yeah. They exchanged numbers and that started the two-year exchange of thousands upon thousands of text messages and then Conrad's ultimate demise. And let's see what the distance is. You got it? Um, well, not yet. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to <clears throat> what the name of that other city is. Mar Plainville and Mattapoisett. Mattapoisett. Yeah. All right, hold on. Okay. Anyway, so Conrad had struggled with mental health issues for many years prior to meeting Michelle. 
That struggle got worse after his parents divorced when he was 16 years old, and he had actually attempted to take his own life on multiple occasions. What was that? Hmm? What was I, what? I, heard, I heard it too. It was just a glitch. It's fine. Okay. It probably won't come across. It was, uh, I didn't hear it. Uh, three hours. Okay. So, so no, 158 miles. Got it. Matapoisit so, uh, is like right at the port. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he's on the water working a lot. Yeah, so. waterside. And then Plainfield is like deep, mm-hmm. almost New York. Okay. Hmm. So, so, there you go. Little, history, uh, little uh, geography lesson. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. I'm You're terrible welcome. at geography. Um, he had tried to take his life on multiple occasions. Um, I believe at one point, he, the, mo- the like the most probable, I guess, close to it actually succeeding, it was when he overdosed on Tylenol and was to the point where he almost needed a liver transplant. And I believe that was when he was 16 years old. And this is all prior to Michelle, correct? Yes. The These suicide attempts, yes. The, right, so the desire so to do so was not, yes. What, by the time he met Michelle, he was already, Four times. He was already down this spiral. Yes. Well, well into the spiral. Yes. So, according to his mother and other family members interviewed after his death, they all seemed to have the same confused feelings stating that they had no idea that he was at that point. They didn't know that he was going to take his own life. They said he was happy that day and no one really understood. I found that difficult to believe and also very disheartening as someone who has struggled my entire life with mental health. And they just, I feel, didn't want to believe that their seemingly happy on the outside son was struggling so badly internally that he couldn't fix it and, or that they couldn't fix it. So he'd been seeing psych doctors. He'd been pulling several medications. He had been institutionalized. His doctors were aware of all of these things because he was underage and they were having to provide care for him. So the fact that they publicly stated that they were not aware that this was happening was baffling to me. Yeah. I mean, think about how many there's like posts about it like check on your happy friends you're the ones that are laughing because there's i mean how many times have you seen uh you know lincoln park chester bennington or you know my my favorite person anthony bourdain smiling just hours before they're no longer with us i mean and that's what i go on to say is that you know i understand the deep desire to not to want to think that your children are at a low point or your friends or your family anyone is at such a low point in their life that they felt that that's the only options but ignorance is not bliss just because someone is smiling on the outside does not mean that they're not struggling on the inside and that's probably the people who are struggling the worst so the ones who put on brave faces who you know take on more than they should who are giving more of themselves than they to others than they are to themselves like they they fill their lives with activities and things and give, give, give it to take away from their own struggles and not to have to focus on that because that's the only way to escape your own brain is to just focus on other shit and other people. And that's probably what's going on there. So well, what comes to mind for me is <clears throat> that it kind of relates back to just to touch on it real quick, the Uvalde thing, how we talked about that he had told his friend that he was going to do this horrible thing right and and conrad had shown his parents at least four times that he was serious like believe people when they tell you who they are you know believe them i understand like on that aspect too he is a child at those times he was a child and he is their child and i feel that maybe they thought each after each time he was institutionalized at some point he was doing outpatient therapy he was on medications multiple medications 
um, you know, you've everyone's seen those commercials where they say side effects of psych meds can cause suicidal ideations in children under the age of 18, things like that. Well, like mm. they're treating children under the age of 18. So like, obviously the medications are for that, but they can also worsen those symptoms. So I'm not saying that's what happened here, but it's like, it's, you know, a double-edged sword. Like as a parent, your, your child's struggling. You want to put them on medication if that's what the doctors are saying, but also the side effects of those medications could also exacerbate the issues they're already having. And I think I mean, where, uh, where we tend to, I'll say fail in, in mental health is everyone's so quick to just give medications versus trying to find the root cause of it and fix that. Yeah. Like obviously he had, um, abuse at a young age, which obviously we've seen time and time again, definitely takes a toll on the brain and, and their psyche. And, uh, they act out later in life, <clears throat> whether it be, you know, serial killers, rapists, murderers, um, or someone that just wants to kill themselves. But <clears throat> there's no focus on on fixing the root cause. It's like, okay, we're going to treat the symptoms, but that's it. You, and you're just you masking can, you it. Figure, yeah, you can figure out how to treat the other stuff. We're just going to give you medication to make it not as bad. We're going to take the edge off for you. And you can uh, tell me all you want that you're like, you're you know, your dopamine receptors and serotonin and SSRs, all of that stuff, like not every single person needs to be on that type of medication. Not everyone's lacking one or producing more of the another or what vice versa. Some people just need to be told that their voices are being heard, their feelings are understood, they're justified, they're, you know, cared for, loved, all of those things. Because he did not grow up to be a serial killer or an abuser or a rapist or any of those things. He grew up because at, at 18 to kill himself. And that's so that says a lot that, yeah, medication may help the symptoms, but it's going to mask one and cause another. And that's going to create a long chain of events, especially in children, of needing multiple medications. And that's just the start of something that's going to last and hurt the rest of that person's life. So that's my opinion on it. But so Conrad and Michelle quickly bonded and during all of their texting, their relationship quickly progressed and they became an outlet for each other. They both struggled with mental health issues and spoke frequently about it. Michelle struggled with eating an eating disorder and a very clear need for attention she was getting attention from Conrad in these text messages, but she did not have a lot of friends and she was in school with these girls and they were friendly, but they were not outside of school. They did not hang out. She did not have anyone that she could, you know, felt like she could go to and call and say, Hey, you want to go to the mall or anything like that? So she struggled very heavily with not fitting in. And as far as that goes, but also she had body dysmorphia and she struggled for a very long time with an eating disorder. It seems like that's where that stemmed from the, the body dysmorphia, the needing to fit in and not feeling she, I think from what I gathered from watching the documentaries that we did and and reading up on this seemed like she needed to be seen, right? That's what she wanted. And she wanted people to like her and she thought, Oh, I guess I need to lose weight. So she turned to, you know, throwing everything up or, or, you know, doing whatever well, I don't else. know what type of eating disorder, so I'm not going to speculate on that, but whatever. I thought, I thought, I thought they had said that she threw everything up. I, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I don't, I thought that's what I heard. I could be totally wrong. And I, if I am, I apologize, but um, I just thought that's what it was. 
one thing to note about the eating disorder situation is that if you've seen this, it was very publicized at the time. Um, her original, like at the t- her time of court when she was, I think, 17, 18, to the time where she was sentenced uh, at 22, I believe, in 2019, um, the vast difference in her looks, like knowing that you're going to be on camera all the time, it was very publicized. She was in the news. She drastically changed who she was. She went from being not fluffy, I wouldn't even say she was just a normal teenage girl, to being like very, very skinny and very, very aware of she was being filmed. And that, you know, also attributes to the fact that she was still struggling. She probably was not getting the help she needed and probably still isn't sadly. So Conrad and Michelle only met in person on five different times, according to his family. And they state, and they all state that none of them knew the extent of their relationship. In October of 2012, Conrad attempted to take his life. And after Michelle learned, or I was very confused about this. He attempted or he had planned and stated that he was going to attempt and maybe she discouraged it. I don't know. Um, But after learning this, Michelle encouraged him to get help. She wanted to get him professional help and let him know that she was there for him. And this was a constant in the relationship pretty much the entire time. Michelle at this time is also dealing with her own struggles and she's also on medication And she's only 17. She has no friends and so badly wants to be liked by all of these girls at school. And she needs and wants their attention to fit in. Conrad was giving her attention, but she was, and she was continuing to be supportive during his struggles. That all changed in the summer of 2014, though. This is when she graduated high school and didn't have, I don't know if she graduated or that. No, she didn't. No, there's no way. She did not graduate in high school. He graduated. Sorry. He did. He's a a year older, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But she did not have the daily, this was a summer vacation is what I'm speaking Mm -hmm. of. So Mm -hmm. during summer vacation, she did not have the daily school day interactions from these girls that she wanted this attention so badly from and to fit in. So she decided to take steps to keep herself relevant in their lives. And that's when she began to incessantly encourage Conrad's desire to kill himself. And it became what seemed like the demand that he wanted her, he, she wanted him to do it. So this sounds exhausting. Very, but. I didn't state this in here. I actually wrote the whole paragraph and then deleted it that you tell someone for two years that you want to do something so badly and they have done nothing but encourage you to get help. They have been uplifting, encouraging, loving, supportive, listening to your shoulder crown, blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that she's exhausted her efforts and she's justified in what she's doing. But at a point in time, it's almost like shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Yeah, you hear it every day for so long, and it's just like, and it, it's hard to say. Like, don't be. I don't it, mean to callous. Say callous when I say well, that. That's what I I'm saying. No, no, I'm saying it's hard not to be callous. Is what I'm saying. It, it's hard. Like you're just like every day. Like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna. It's so bad. I'm gonna kill myself. Like you know. And then you're just like, okay, don't do that. And then like after the seventy thousandth time, you're just like, okay, well, are you going to or not? Like, what's going on here? Yes, but that is the start of a very, 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 very thin line of are you going to or do it? Yeah, there, there, I think even then, even if you are over it, there is a difference between, well, are you going to do it or do it, fucking do it, pussy? You know, essentially. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a, like, I'm just going to just ignore your texts and just hope I don't see that you're in the news that you actually killed yourself versus, yeah. hey, fucking. 
You little pussy bitch. Buy the items needed to right. do said act. But yeah, that's kind of like I got that like in a sense that that's where it was leading up to. But also she's still struggling herself. And I like don't go into depth of this during court, but like they bring in a psychiatrist to state, like I mentioned earlier, that these medications can exacerbate these symptoms in children under the age of 18. And at this time, they just so happened to be under the age of 18 or 18. So that was part of their case and blah, blah, blah. I'm not diminishing that, but I'm just saying that, I don't know, my point of view changed many times during this research of this case and my story also changed. So, yeah, I, this, this case, like I, we, obviously this is very, publicized case i remember this happening in the news at the time like a couple years ago wasn't that long ago and i was you know i was caught up in the hype of oh she's a she's a fucking bitch why would she do that like why would she say that shit i knew nothing about the little details of the entire life they've had before this there's there's nothing in the, the little quick news segments of oh yeah by the way he had a long history of doing this and she had tried to get him some help you know what i mean so yeah, it's, because it's, they they really publicized those text messages the mm-hmm. thread like Last i mean ones, there were yeah. thousands they like would and i also had scripted for you guys to read back and forth the text and i just didn't feel that that was necessary um especially with talking about suicide mental health things like that i don't want to glamorize it or script it that's not you know these families are still alive and this girl is too but regardless um she did encourage him. There were thousands of text messages of showing that, that she encouraged him to get help. She was being supportive. And then they only showed in the trial and focused on the ones that stated her saying, well, did you buy the generator? You could drink bleach, uh, eat a bottle of Tylenol, blah, 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 like multiple ways. And there was even a moment where he is Googling how to kill, kill yourself. And his mom, he tells her, which I believe may have been a lie in the end, he tells her that her mo- his mom saw him looking at it and ignored it. Like mm-hmm. she just acted like she didn't see it. But that's hearsay because he's right, not that's... here to back that up. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I can't imagine seeing that on my kid's computer and just walking away, especially if I know that they've already com- tried to commit suicide and they're currently seeking mental health. I wonder health if they were over it as well. Hmm. Oh, wondering yeah, if they yeah. were over it they're like come on kid like how yeah. much more help can we get you and we're still doing this so i don't i don't know and i think a lot of times with kids like we don't specifically his parents divorced and you know like obviously he was having physical altercations with his father being verbally abused by his grandfather who was his dad's dad um yeah that's how grandfathers mom- were no, I meant, I was thinking, like, say it's paternal, not maternal, whatever, <laughs> shut up. Um, but, like, the focus, though, is what I'm saying, like, he may have been more so reluctant, like, to the dad may have not shown the care that he thought he w- should be showing or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes men feel like they can't be open with their feelings or whatever. And then some people just think that that's fucking stupid. Like, get over it. Don't kill yourself. That's dumb. Like, there's just people out there who think that. There are a lot of I think that's the thing. Like, people usually don't say anything about this because it's viewed as like, oh, come on, man. You're like, 
it's really it's Quit just being a like, little bitch like yeah, yeah or you're taking you, the easy way out and There's that's so what many makes odd. a lot of people not want to say anything about their ideations whatsoever because everyone's just like man man up like come on you know life is tough just get through it you know that, and that's not what people want to hear and my, i don't know if it even is what they need to hear but a lot of times like when you're in that mindset it's it almost makes it worse mm -hmm. to hear to hear like oh just man up bucko you know go yeah if i could fucking man up i wouldn't be feeling like this like that's the issue i'm obviously not able to dig out of this hole and you're being a dick about it so it's just you feel even more ostracized alone you feel lost all the things that you were feeling prior to trying to reach out for help to the your loved ones directly, you feel even ten times worse after that. Hey, well, you know how we were talking about like the just get over it thing. Like maybe there, people are over it. I think what you're about to talk about next is really the catalyst of when she took a turn. Like this next part yes, you're about. To, this definitely. is really what is is like the beginning of the end. I guess is what you could say. Yeah. Yes. So. Two days before Conrad actually killed himself, Michelle Carter decided to test the waters with these girls from school that she wanted so badly to be friends with. After constant denies to hang out with them and them always being busy with other girls, Michelle devised a plan to tell her quote-unquote friends that Conrad was missing. They all knew about Conrad. She talked about him constantly. They lived an hour or two, however, three hours away. Three hours. Yes, so Thank people, you they knew about him. She You're spoke. Welcome. So how much? How much do you think they actually knew? Because in, she knew exactly what they wanted them to know. That's it. And okay, see, so that's the thing. They have a text relationship, which in a digital age is that valid? Probably, but to me, when I first people meet in, people on the internet and only ever have a relationship with them on the internet. So. That's what I'm saying. Like it's probably valid, but in my brain, meeting five times, like, come on, are you really dating? Like, well, it's, oh, at this time, they're teenagers. It's puppy love, you know. Like they're going off yeah. to college. Who knows? Like, yeah, but it's like if, become, if her friends, friends knew, I think even then, like, because this is back a couple years, six years ago, right? When this is happening, 2014. so 14, 14, right? Yes, so eight years ago. Damn. Um, so yeah, even then, I think like if her friends knew they only met in person five times, that's not really anything. You know what I mean? Even her own parents were unaware that they were dating. Because yeah. it was strictly his, his through parents their phones. Were also, yeah, they're strictly they, through their phone. They visited, but also I thought that was a little bit odd because they do live semi close to each other. He is eighteen to seventeen. I mean, I had a car. Like, I don't. Yeah, know. he has a vehicle. Three, he could have. Three hours is quite a trek, though. I don't think so. Okay, from let's, let's change the course like, here for a second. Will how how this how is your long how, girlfriend? Okay, how many times a week are you going to see this person? If you're basically having to drive to Vegas every time. Just the weekends, probably. Okay, how how long are you willing to drive for some action, Will? <laughs> Fucking three hours? I can probably get some closer. See, that's not probably, though. <laughs> <laughs> are you willing to take that chance? With gas prices? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, this is 2014, though. This, is, yeah, this isn't the same gas, gas prices. prices in 2014. <laughs> I think they were still pretty expensive. They're I think pretty they were expensive. expensive yeah. 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 Okay. So, just, that's a... I get what you're long, saying. It's a, it's a quote unquote long distance, long -distance relationship, but yes. Yeah. But also we don't, we only know what she specifically made them aware of. Like she could have been feeding them tons and tons of bullshit. I don't know exactly. And I didn't feel like getting into the 
I think it was 11,420 pages of manuscript for, or, um, text conversations, text conversations, but also with the girls too. So I wasn't going to read all that. Um, you can look up their snippets of their court appearances. Anyways. So at this time that she tells her friends that Conrad is missing, she is also texting Conrad who was clearly not missing. During this travel with the girls, she was giving Conrad ideas and orders on what steps he should do to carry out his plan to finally do what he's expressed many times before and that he's wanted to do. I don't know why I said it like that. She told him where to go, what to buy, when to do it, and constantly asked him several times a day, is it time? Did you get the generator yet? How are you going to leave? Etc. And it was incessant all the time asking him to the point where it was giving him more anxiety and almost making him want to not do it. Well, he had stated, I don't know yet. I'm not sure how I'm going to leave him. I don't know what to say. She told him at one point, just tell your parents or your mom you're going to the store. At this point, what? <clears throat> no, I just, that's, to tell someone so much, be like, Wait, why do you want me to do it so bad? Maybe I shouldn't do it. Yeah, that's, that's like, crazy. I'd be like, wait, what happened? Like, what? No, I, you were encouraging. Now you're, and I can get it. Like, if you're to that point, and now someone else is encouraging you to do it, it's not just you in your head anymore. You have another human being outside of your brain and outside of your body telling you and encouraging you and giving you step by step instructions on what to do. So, like, that does. I think it, that would like a red flag for me. Like, what the? Why are you doing that? What's going I, on? I think I think it would be a red flag for most people that aren't actively in a state that Conrad was in. Well, he's it was a, a very red flag for him. It's a very vulnerable time for him right now. Like, he probably does want to not be alive anymore. He probably genuinely feels that way. So, with someone. I think I remember there was a part where like he didn't want to um, unalive himself because he wanted to go to heaven, right? Like that was a big part of his his faith that and was his, his family. His upbringing and the past um, attempts, like his yeah. dad, that was an issue that he'd had with his dad. And that was a constant argument. Like, I, you know, some people like don't, don't take mental health like as a, it's an, a real illness, a disease. Yeah. And... I don't think that his dad was real like keen on the whole, you know. Yeah, because like, it you help like he's more of the get the fuck over it kind of guy. Suicide leads to hell, right? In, in certain faiths, and I think his faith is one of them. So I think he was he didn't want to like leave his family in a bad way, and he didn't want to like condemn him his his soul. So I think one of the main things that really drove him over was I think there was a point where Michelle told him it's okay you know, you're going to be fine, like in the afterlife. And like, it was just like a comforting thing to know someone else out there is like, you know what, things will be okay. And you won't be condemned to hell. And she was kind of like comforting in that way. And she also said that the stress that he was putting on his parents and his family with his past attempts and his ongoing issues, this, you know, finally doing it would relieve them of that added stress which I want everyone in the world to know that suicide ruins your the ones you leave behind's lives it does not make them better do not ever feel that your body or that you're not worth living and that 
anyone in this world would be better off without you because as someone who has lost a grandparent due to suicide, I, it's never, ever, ever going to get any easier for that person. For the rest of their life, they will live with the fact that they feel that they could have done something to fix it, to help you, and they couldn't. So, One of those things that <clears throat> you kind of wish, like I've, I've been to uh, numerous funerals for um, people that committed suicide and you kind of wish like, Hey, I, I wish you were here to see how many people are gathered here, like to celebrate your life. And had you known that you affect this many people, would that change your mind? Yeah. And sadly in our society, the way that the manner of someone's death, especially in, I know younger generations and even ours, like I'm saying younger than ours, but ours also people don't show up until there's a funeral. And that's the sad part. That's a and good point. Like those people wouldn't be celebrating him if he not hadn't. At all. If he had a birthday party, those people weren't funeral, around. Come. It's it may it may still be the same thing, same day, same time. Take off work regardless, whether they feel like they're showing up for the respect, the notoriety, the the family, who the friend, other people, friends, close friends, whatever, whatever reason you're showing up for someone's funeral, show up for their life. Don't wait until someone's dead to show that you care because it's too late. And that happens every single day. And it's just, I think about that all the time. Like the, the fact that like what you said, people, if they could see how many people cared after, but why don't they care while they're still alive? And that's ultimately what. I think it's a, I think it's a uh, double-sided coin. There's those that truly don't have a lot of people that, that care for them. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's known to them. But then there's others that think no one cares about them. Yeah. Or they think they're a burden with whatever issues they brought to their family or to their friends, to their life, whatever. And they feel that that's just the easiest fix for their loved ones and to get out of whatever issues they're having. And then you have the people who have everything you could ever want in the world, who have fans like recent stars, you know, like have you would never imagine people like that. Everyone's like, oh, they had money, they had fame, they had love, they had friends. Everyone, why would they do that? Because their brain is broken. It's not, mental health is an actual illness. Like it's, it, I mean, suicidal ideations and depression and bipolar disorder, all of those things are real. And sometimes medications don't work and not everybody wants to be on medications or so many and doubling them adding more can cause those problems to worsen so it's just don't assume just because you think from the outside someone's got everything going on in their life good they don't and just be kind especially don't encourage them yeah that's don't, i think don't the, the one takeaway from from today is just don't encourage people to kill themselves yeah if and you're over kind. it just try and get them help and then be like i i did my best but don't encourage like Come on now. Don't say, are you going to do it? Like, go ahead, do it. Come on. If you, you have for, do to it. walk their number or forward it to their own parents or something, like, don't, don't just get the messages. Because I can't imagine getting messages and ignoring them like that. That would be devastating yeah, to my psyche. Like, Conrad also guilted her a lot. Like, he, the way he spoke to her, like, he was, like, on and off, like, hot and cold a lot. So he was, like, baiting her almost to do these things. Like, he was almost like. She did <sighs> the same thing, though. 
Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Conrad wasn't... He also was, like... No, I'm saying, like, like, he... She did a lot of, like... Because he had severe social anxiety, so he clearly wasn't going out there, like, hanging out, partying yeah, and all that Yeah, didn't he have a whole stuff. series, like a YouTube series? Yes. Like, he trying to cope with this? He's like, he, he did try... Videos. He did try to, like, talk through it. He's like, I'm just going to make this video series and try to talk through whatever this is and hopefully find an out at the end, you know, and a positive out. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, he was hot and cold with her where he would um make her what's it what's it called uh is it gaslighting where he would say something stupid and then when she didn't respond like okay i'm doing it now like thanks thanks for not responding now i'm yeah. your fault. Uh, kind yeah. of yeah and then she did the same thing though like so it was just they were very toxic for each other even in text yeah. form that's an understatement it just wasn't yeah i dated so. someone that was s- similar to that but not it, uh, suicidal but um with cutting oh and so like it was always a um like a, a bargaining chip like hey if you don't do this i'm gonna cut myself i'm like ah, mother oh God. yeah i'm it glad you tight. got away from that jesus yeah, it was uh it was very stressful that doesn't sound like fun no no no, no. it was very uh very very stressful mm. Mm. but as far as i know she's still she's happy now she's married and stuff that's good so she's, she's not happy. <laughs> so she's, so she's married. So yeah, yeah. So I don't know if she's so happy. She's, she's living. That's what we yeah. can say. Maybe she's alive. Me. Maybe I was the reason. <laughs> You're the problem. You're the, the problem. common denominator in all of this. Yeah. Seems like every so. every chick I've dated goes on to get married and have kids. After me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a movie about Good Luck Chuck? There's a movie about this. Yeah, you, sleep with, you sleep with Chuck and then they go find the right man. Yeah, that's that's my life. Maybe, well, at least someone's got to do it, right? From you. Would, uh, would that, so that obviously isn't a good feeling, but would it be better or worse if she became a lesbian every time after maybe <laughs> <laughs> you just turned her off to all men? Just, I would, I would be guilty. I'd feel really guilty. If it was, if it was, you think that'd be worse going to be a lesbian? Yeah. Just be, because well, of you? <laughs> just like, yeah, just being the reason why they're like, yeah, guys are dumb. Oh my gosh. Guys are all well, men are. garbage. Yes, they are. Okay, you're married, so you're married to one, so yeah, like your tongue on paper. So, shh, shh. you're sitting right next so, to him. I mean, not right next to him. So, at this point, Conrad was continuing to take steps needed to complete the suicide that he had planned, but did become apprehensive in his texts with Michelle Carter, and that made Michelle more demanding that he, quote unquote, just do it. On July 13th, 2014, after two long years of expressing the desire to no longer be alive and continuously being encouraged by Michelle Carter, Conrad left his home at her request, took his grandfather's truck, loaded the generator that she told him to buy into the truck, and drove to the parking lot of a Kmart in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. During this whole ordeal, Michelle and Conrad are in constant contact via text messaging and phone calls. Conrad started the motor in the truck and filled and quickly filled with carbon monoxide. He quickly began to struggle to breathe and she's on the phone with him at this point and can hear all of this. And he gets out of the truck and tells her that he can't do it. At this point, there's no proof that Michelle encouraged him to get back in the truck via text message between the two of them and, tell him, and telling him to finish the job because they were talking on the phone, of course. And Conrad is not here to speak to his side of the story, but Conrad did get back in the truck and he did die by carbon monoxide poisoning. 
Michelle was on the phone with him the entire time and even stayed on the phone with him for 20 minutes after he stopped breathing. There's no proof of it, but... Yes, there is, actually. No, I mean, not like... There's... She told people, but... I'm sure you're about to go into it, but I just... Can we just go back to, like... Get back in the truck? I don't know why you would tell someone that. Like, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you tell someone that if you didn't actually do that? Because... And also, he got out of the truck and said, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And she's like, yes, you can. Get back in the truck. You got this. Come on, champ. Yeah. Come on, the man. Fa- you got this. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't let your dreams be dreams. And at the same time, in, be a my, at this point, my mind was thinking like, you know, her her brain is broken too. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. not oh, yeah. well either. So maybe she thinks that encouraging him to get back in the truck is what he needs her to do. Like, she's just helping him. You think this is like, she thinks it's a double negative? Like, if she like insists on him getting back, she'd be like, no, I want to live. You think that's kind of like what it was? Do you think there was an an ounce of that that at least maybe she thought that if that if that was to have happened like if he said no i want to live i changed my mind then maybe she and she does encourage him to get back in the truck then maybe she's thinking this is going to happen again next month this could happen again tomorrow you're going to continue having these feelings of wanting to die just get it over with and not i don't mean that in a like callous way i'm saying like in her mind she could have been thinking this is what he needs the encouragement to do what he's been scared to do even though he's attempted none of the attempts you know successful and that could have been because they weren't you know 100% into it i don't know but and this is one of those frustrating cases where we just will never know like the real you know what what was really said on those, that 20 minute phone call or however long the phone call was while it lasted actively... well past i believe they said that the I mean, she did wait until he stopped breathing or whatever, but also, like, the phone call lasting, like, that. Be- they're having proof of the length of the phone call. Yeah. And the being in the truck, There's they were able to determine the, the time of death, not the exact time of death, but how long it would have taken him to die mm-hmm. versus how long the phone call lasted. Yeah, but and it's then just... security footage of when the truck arrived, when he got out of the truck, and then when he got back into the truck. So they were able to determine that she did stay on the phone for quite a bit of time after he passed. So, and it just, I, I think this speaks more to just how messed up she was as well. It's like, I don't, I'm not saying she's a victim, but she's not her, she's a complicated case, right? Like, I, I yeah, think she had, own, she's she had got her, her own, she had her own issues. And I, I don't agree, obviously, do not agree with what she did in the least, goes without saying. I don't know if she could have helped it. I think there was something way wrong. I 100% believe she could have helped it. I believe she could have not. I feel like she was doing this as like like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. And and that's actually a reference in that movie. I never saw it when we were watching it, but in the trailer for it, that is... He but, says that to her. He's like, yeah, yeah, he, he says that. You and then he says, do you, remember, yeah, do you remember how the, that ends? And they said, yeah. But she texts him back immediately in all caps and said, but we're not going to die. No, I'm not going to die. She said, I. She, she said, said, you're I'm not. not going, no, she said, I'm not going to die. Google it. I, don't I will. Remember. It was something. But so, either way. She said, she said, she's not going to die. Like in capital letters. Like, I'm not going to die. I thought she said we, but regardless, like she didn't seem to ever have that same 
they were not suicidal ideated buddies. Like that wasn't her plan to begin with. No, nor she wasn't planning on going with him. It wasn't a romantic that. thing. And well, I'll talk about it toward, at the end when we go over everything. But I think this was a, a game that got pushed too far. I'll, I'll elaborate later. But it's I just... feel like it's there's been other cases and stuff like pack, like suicide packs and stuff. And actually, the book called The Pact is a very good one you should read. Um, that you just you want someone's hurting to stop so badly that you would do anything to help them in their own pain even if it brings you the worst pain of your life and that book is about that where this may have been in the in that book referencing that book they're not one of them is not suicidal one of them is not mentally ill one of them clearly is in this case both of these children are on psychiatric medications seeking psychiatric treatment and one of them is openly suicidal and has c tried to commit suicide in the past i think the one of the worst things is that the parents kind of had an inkling that something was not right at all right there's there have been rumors uh, of someone had passed away in, in the kmart parking lot and he didn't come home that night and they're like they're looking they put out an apb for his truck right they're, they were actively looking yeah, it was for his grandfather's truck and yeah. it's i guess it's a small town i don't know but like there was aerial footage and stuff and but something very sick and i don't talk about that and I, it just pissed me off honestly i deleted that one too but let me get through this next one and then i'll mention it um so the facts came out two months later after conrad's death when the police got a warrant for Michelle Carter's phone because they never thought to begin with when he was first, you know. Yeah, it was immediately was, like this think, was a suicide. Yeah, there was they no didn't think to charge his flight. phone and look in his phone. But the original, like, responding officers and detectives on the case, which quickly, it was a suicide, so they didn't, the have, they didn't think to, che to check his phone. His phone was dead, though. And Yeah, but they, they later because on, it was a suicide, case it's straightforward it, no they usually don't grab the phone but they did this time for some reason they just no, had, they, they, grab just all, they grabbed his phone regard they'll they would do that for anybody no but to look through it's what i'm saying like, what I'm, two other detectives came on after the fact into that not the first responders is what i'm saying mm. not the original beat cops that came on they didn't do that the detectives later who were thinking when the family was pushing this this is not this you know whatever so she texted a girl, one of the girls, I think there were four, um, that she was desperately and trying to be friends with, that she, and she told her that she could hear Conrad coughing and choking while the motor was running in the background. She told the girl that Conrad got out of the car and expressed the desire to stop. So she told the girl, quote unquote, I could have stopped him. He got out of the truck and he said he was scared. I told him to fucking do it, to get back in the fucking truck and just do it. And of course, there is no verbal proof of that. Her there's, that was on the phone, but she did text that to someone else, regardless of it actually being said. The fact that she felt the need to text someone that after the fact says more than it changed my mind about the case. I'll say that. So that's where the case took a turn and opened a can of First Amendment questions. Conrad did leave a note for his family, and this is where the phone thing comes in. He had a journal, and he left the phone, the codes needed to get into his iPhone. At the time of his death, detectives did not focus on that. They did not immediately take and charge the phone to log in to investigate anything because it was a suicide and a very clear one. Two detectives, though, did decide to look, think, look into things further, and upon doing so, 
they found the link to Michelle Carter. This starting a chain of events, starting with them taking her phone, questioning her at school, and eventually indicting her on February 4th, 2015 in Taunton, Massachusetts on charges, charges of involuntary manslaughter. Due to the nature of the text messages and the active role she took in encouraging Conrad to take his life, the grand jury found it warranted to charge her with wanton and rec recklessly assisted suicide. At the time of his death, Michelle was only 17, but due to the nature of her involvement in this, the court decided that it, it was fit to charge her as a quote-unquote youthful offender rather than a quote-unquote juvenile, which meant that she could be sentenced as an adult. And yeah, that I makes sense. I would think that meant the other one. Youthful would be, I don't know, I just assumed. But also at the same time, I didn't mention it before, the moment, like I think 30 minutes later, everyone is already aware he is missing. She's been there with him after, like on the phone with his death, after he had committed suicide. She texts his sister and asks if they know anything. She wants up-to-date information by the moment. She's texting his mom. She's offering to come down and help look for him um, when he's not found. But then after he is found and it's, you know, come out that he did commit suicide, she is openly speaking with the mother, stating that I tried to get him help. I, you know, I was nothing but encouraging, blah, 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 blah. And the mom is like, what the hell? Because I wasn't aware that he needed help, which pissed me off because, yes, you clearly were aware. Your child has multiple times tried to commit suicide. He's on psychiatric medications. He's in therapy. He's been institutionalized. I thought that that was very just not appropriate to say in a documentary. Whether well, you're aware at that second, you were aware that your son had mental health issues. And it diminishes his struggle by saying that to me. Well, also like Michelle was eating up the attention. She was the oh, yeah. girlfriend of the boy who took his life. She was, the, the she was really close with the family now. She was, you know, hanging but the out with mom the mom never all the time. Close to her and she felt it was very weird that she kept contacting her. And but like she would, one of the main things they pointed out that really points to the reason possibly that she pushed so hard for this is that she set up a like a baseball tournament in his honor to raise money or something homers and um, for homers for conrad or something homers for conrad and then so she did that in plain in plainfield in plainville plainville in Pla plainville wherever she did that in plainville instead of in the home in of, yeah instead of there so where because it's three hours away so it was a tournament for conrad tournament, yeah, yeah and you would think you'd have it at the local fields where he lived but no and his friends pointed that out and they were upset but his friend's team act or i guess the team he would have been on yeah actually won the tournament and you can see in the picture of the winning team tournament she's just standing she's there all, all smiles she's ear all to ear smiles. smiles like she's eating yeah. the shit up she jokes about being viral and famous with mm -hmm. posting yeah, on facebook had, about the homers for conrad event um, to another girl, one of the four girls that I'm, yeah. you know. She had, I mean, she had one of his friends call her out, like, hey, do it somewhere else. And she's like, I'll I'll do it for you. So it's because it's closer to where he lives. And she's like, no, I'm doing it. It's my, like, my name is on there. Yeah, stop trying to take credit. It's what she said. Yeah. Are you trying to take my credit? Yeah. LOL or something like that. Yeah. Like, what the hell? 
So she's making this all about herself now. She's eating up. Because she's getting this attention she needed. It it points to a whole different, like, mindset. It points to a whole different, like, viewing of this, doesn't it? Well, it it, it honestly does. It starts to kind of make why kids are the way they are now make sense because they try and find the quickest way to become famous and get their name out there and become this new viral sensation. And if you're the girlfriend and, of the dude who committed suicide, yeah, and just not having the the enough soul to realize what you're doing is is terrible, and you're just doing it to become viral. I think that's where a lot of um, I don't want to say everyone in their age group, but they don't seem to have that same sense of like respect for other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's just, kind of, they're it's focused like on theirs. Stone. Yeah, it's like a stepping stone almost. Like, I have to, it's almost like something she has to put up with to get to where she wants to be. But you know, it's crazy, like, the, the mentality of, you know, this is, she is a, well, she would be a millennial as well, like, closer to a Gen Z. But, anyways, I'm not trying to generalize. It's just like, hold on, wait a second. I thought, so the mentality was the stop of millennials. Yeah, kind of around there. A lot of different okay. things, different sources, different dates. But what I'm saying is like, even when like the detectives came and like interrogated her at school and she was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I talked to him, I think beforehand a little bit. Like she wasn't really upfront with it. And then they're like, okay, well, can we see your phone? And they're like, uh, she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, we actually have a warrant to confiscate this. And we, and he's like, she, she's like, can, can I have it back like today? Like how long do you think it'll be? You know, cause she, as soon as like that happened, and actually, a whole point that I forgot about was when they she she didn't know that she would be in trouble. She didn't know that they had would find any kind of proof that she is somewhat responsible because she just didn't think that was a thing. So when they found the phone and it was it came out that oh they have his phone and they're looking through it and stuff. She's she kind of started the sweat you know she started to sweat bullets a little bit. She started getting nervous. She started asking around you know looking stuff up about can I get in trouble for this kind of stuff, you know? And then when they asked to see her phone, she's like, can I have it back? Kind of like she knows what's on there. You know what I mean? She knows what they're going to find. And she's, I don't really think that she thought about that. At that no, point. she did. Like she did. She definitely did. Cause it was so old. Like, I mean, who the hell keeps, I mean, I guess mine just automatically deleted after a year, they, but didn't, didn't they have to go back into like the actual like files because Conrad had deleted the thread and all that was left was that day's thread. Right. Of leading up to I don't it because that. yeah i think that all that was there was i mean it was still a lot of text but it was he had deleted the thread like maybe a day before so it was only the last like 24 hours and even then just those 24 hours was very incriminating i don't know that she had an iphone either so because i remember looking at two different versions of what like threads like you know the when you send a message and it looks I guess if you both have like a Samsung or whatever or an Android it's like two check marks like a delivery oh, yeah. and then a, a red Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing a message thread that looked like that, and then I remember seeing the My iPhone. Messages. But also, it specifically stated Conrad had an iPhone, so I don't know what she had, but whatever. Um, and her screen was cracked to hell and back, though. Mm. So, um, in June of 2015, a district court judge denied a defense motion to remove the Bristol County District Attorney's Office from the prosecution. The defense argued that D.A. Thomas M. Quinn III should be removed because he is the first cousin to Roy's grandmother, Janice Roy, and therefore Conrad's 
first cousin twice removed. That's a mouthful. That's a lot. Um, However, Quinn had already handed the case over to Deputy DA William McCauley, and on July 1st, 2016, an appeal to the grand jury indictment heard by the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial, Judicial Court was also denied, thus allowing the case to go forward. Justice, Justice Robert J. Cordy, writing the unanimous court, find, found there was probable cause to sustain, to, sorry, sustain the manslaughter indictment. Michelle Carter was set to go to trial on June 5th of 2017, but the day before she waived her rights to a jury trial. This was shocking to everyone involved, but her team felt that the judge knew the law best and could keep emotion out of any decisions made, whereas a peer of jurors wouldn't be able to separate their personal feelings from the facts of the case. It was it was also strange that... So the fact that she was charged with anything was astounding to everybody because in the background of all of this, there's massive conversations about how can someone be charged for saying words yeah. Their words. That's where they fucked up because they submitted and there are the case names were there, but I went back and looked to see which cases were actually parts of, you know, like an addendum or amending to said first one. But this is mm-hmm. not one of those cases. And the case that they tried to use to not make hers be a precedent mm-hmm. actually hurt their yeah. case rather than help it. So, well, I mean, if you watch the footage, of, I, I go into exactly why she was charged with what she was charged with and no, how no, no, she got I'm just saying, I mean, how she got charged. What, I, what I'm saying is if you watch the footage, like you can see it on her face when they say that this is going to trial or it is a criminal offense and her face is like, what? Like, she's just like, she was expecting this to just like go away because her lawyers are back behind her. Like, oh, they yeah, got nothing they, on you. They this got is, no grounds to stand on. They got no grounds. You you can say what you want. This is America, you know. And then when you, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is going to trial," she's like, "What? No, I was supposed to leave today. Like, what are you talking about?" So, you know, it's just in the background of all of this. There's you know a lot of politic talk. There's a lot of talking heads, you know, expounding on you know the virtue of free speech. And then you got other people saying like, "No, well, I mean, it, your free speech ends when you tell someone to fucking kill themselves." And I would think. So then you have, there's just a lot, a lot of like arguments leading up to this. Yeah. It's the same. It's in the same thread as uh, you're in a, we'll say a a crowded movie theater and you yell fire and people run out of the building and people die. You're inside a a fire. Your freedom of speech caused people to die. Then it's no yeah. longer freedom of speech. It's you inside something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not protected. It's just similar. Yeah. But if you watch the footage though, like you can see it on her face, like even the lawyers, like what the fuck? What do you mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's straight up like, what? No. What? No yeah. way. Sorry. So yeah. Um, her attorney submitted a summary dismissal to the judge arguing that Michelle's text messages were protected protected under the first amendment and that Conrad unsolicitedly started the conversations about him contemplating suicide with Michelle Carter and never initiated the idea nor pressed it until the end. The judge denied the motion and stated a waived jury trial would begin. On June 16th, 2017, after many witnesses, many cross-examinations and expert psychiatric statements were given Judge Mon Moniz found 
Moniz, I don't know, know. found Michelle Carter guilty of involuntary manslaughter. This this was where the First Amendment argument was cut and dry, not protected. The judge stated that the phone call Michelle had with Connor. What? what? I don't know what you're doing. Listen, please hold on. Okay. This is where the First Amendment argument was cut and dry, not protected. The judge stated that the phone call Michelle had with Conrad during the time that he was in the truck and then getting out and expressing that he was scared, but her telling him to get back in is what sealed her fate and not the thousands of text messages exchanged between the two beforehand. Her encouraging him to re-enter the truck was considered wanton and reckless encouragement that ultimately caused Conrad's death. Had she not been so desperate for these girls' attention and had not sent that text message to her friend telling her about how she yelled and cussed at him to get back and finish what he started, during the last moments of of his life, she may have actually been found innocent and protected under the First Amendment. Yeah, so it's just that one thing of her word and directly. it's not ever proven that she actually said it to him, but still saying it to another person was considered yeah. what caused his death, so it was not protected. Yeah, that's that's her yelling fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the judge stated there were no findings in the text messages between the two of them prosecutable under the First Amendment, and it was definitely reckless. But under the First Amendment, they felt it wouldn't have yielded the same verdict based on the text uh, on the couple's te- couple's texts alone. Yeah. So just if it had just been like them talking about this over and over again, no matter how many times she said do it, no matter how many times they talked about it, it wouldn't have done anything until the moment she's like, dude, get the fuck back in the truck. Yes, and Will, you stepped away for a second, but I stated that the judge specifically brings up the fact that because all of the text messages were reviewed, they were protected because even though in the end she was encouraging, he brought the desire to commit suicide up to begin with and continued the conversations. She never once initiated those texts. So that's why her text messages were protected, but what she said to someone else was not. So, um, Michelle, incriminated, like self-incriminated then, right? Yes. But also, um, there was a double jeopardy thing or whatever, because they're going to try and sit that she's protected under, I don't know if it's the fifth amendment, uh, I believe so. Um, she was not going to be able to be civilly sued by the family due to her, I guess, sentencing and well, the indictment. Fifth, the Fifth Amendment is your. You, you know, play the fifth. Play, play the fifth. No, you not the fifth. fifth. Is it the ninth? It's not the ninth. Then. Uh, right, right to a speedy. No, no it's not right. that. It's the one where some one person cannot be um, charged or held accountable for something. Look that up. I might have even said it in the thing once we keep going anyways so was it Michelle, so it's not double jeopardy what amendment is well, that i don't know if it's an amendment it's, it's just a amendment. thing you can't be charged for the same crime twice so well, I don't no know. that's that's not no that's not what i'm talking about like oh, i, don't, I, I might even. say it in then the, i don't know this. i guess we'll see we'll see we'll find out Keep going, we'll see. All right. So Michelle Carter was free on bail until her sentence sentencing on August 3rd of 2017. She was given a two and a half year term with 15 months to be served in the Bristol County House of Corrections and the remaining time would be suspended. Did you see how during the time of her trial or like right after the um, the trial ended or was she was about to be sentenced? She went to like Disney World 
and was like having like the time of her life. Like she was like, I did not see that. She was like, I, I saw pictures that yeah, she was just out there with her mom or something. And she was posting on Facebook and stuff. Oh yeah. You forgot to mention all the, the tweets that she sent out about Conrad, even though she knew exactly where she was. But anyways, she, yeah, she was out there just living her best life while she's about to be, or she didn't think she was going to be because again, her lawyers are like, I ain't got nothing on you. So she's out here living her best life. Like, and it, it's, she can do what she wants, free. obviously. She can do what she wants, obviously. I'm not. It is what it is, but it's just like it doesn't look good. Is all I'm saying. It, yeah, it does not. You you could protest your innocence all you want. Your actions are like callous, and you're like they're really like, don't come off as caring and being the sad girlfriend of the boy who took his life. You know what I mean? Now it's just oh look at me. I'm I'm in the news a lot. You know, yeah. that's what it comes to me personally. That's what it looks like. It's just like. I'm in the spotlight. These are my 15 minutes of fame. I'm going to ham it up or whatever. It's just, it's not a good look is all. It's just not a good look to do all this extra shit. No, but I'm sure it increases her uh, popularity on social media though. You, no, you don't, you didn't even talk about that at all. She was not like, she's not likable. Have you seen her face? Like the, the lawyers on her side had to like doll her up and like dress her because she is not she doesn't come across she is i guess maybe it's rbf i don't really know but she <laughs> go RBF. They, it was it was a it was actually a thought that the defense lawyers had like dude we got to get you more likable we got to do something about your the way you because her face is your like whole look we gotta <laughs> change something we gotta, we gotta do something about have, this her eyebrows are very like there's something here something yeah. here we gotta <laughs> change all of this you just pointed she, to all of me. She did yes. change. Like like I said, she did change her looks. Like she was very like plain, almost like homely looking in the beginning. Like, and like, then she, she, like she grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah. And then she went like, like Vogue. Like she was dressed in like slacks and like heels and like her hair was like sleek, straight and her mm -hmm. eyebrows were like really dark and like made her like broody. I almost honest. feel like she had to have like PR training because her face, like, you know, you can't hide your face. It's what you... The way you your face looks is like in court, right? She was like she like, she has this like stank face, just kind of like mm -hmm, kind of you know what I mean. They and caught just, that picture on one damn. Right. That was but so that, annoying. But that one she picture just changes maybe, public opinion. That's that's no, what I'm it was saying. actually a video that they screenshot though. Like she yeah. wasn't making that face. She was probably just like moving her mouth, and that was okay. Just but a that was still shot. a face she made, and they they caught that one moment, and it comes off as horrible. It comes off as it as, comes oh, yeah, off as like yeah. You see it? You yeah. see what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm yeah it comes off. It comes off as bitchy or something. It comes off as not good. It's yes, not a like good snarky. look. Snarky. Yeah, don't they call yes. it the snarky? The snark or something I like that? It, yeah, they said she was snarky looking. But another thing I wanted to point out that I thought that was a missed opportunity, and I'm not really like behind people pleading insanity when they're not. But like I thought it was very odd that her attorneys did not present that as an aspect for their defense. Due to the fact that she was on psychiatric medications, they did have expert psychiatric um, physicians come in and speak to the exact medications, Celexa, and I believe. From what, I re from what I remember, they did have a professional psych person come they did. in. I'm, that's literally what I just said. No, 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 no. But no, but I'm adding to that. But the person they got does not have a good reputation. He ha he has a history of like almost like scamming people, like. He, but even he's so, known, like, he was he's after known. the fact witness. I'm talking about prior to the trial beginning. Why didn't that? I wondered why they didn't try to pursue that route. That's a really hard thing to try to pursue, though. That's not that's not an easy thing to do. I don't know. This and is 
she that, knew the difference between right and that. wrong. That's that's like the whole thing is like if you understand what's right and wrong, you cannot ever do that. I'm not saying I think they should have. I'm just saying I was surprised to see that they had not done that. I think it was the smartest choice not to. They, they probably had no chance of that whatsoever. She probably, probably would have been institutionalized for much longer than she was in actual prison. So Yeah. Anyways. God, her f- looks completely different from like day one of right? the trial to right. Like, for, I'm like, yeah, looks like she had PR training, right? Like you just grew, homely. yeah, you grew caterpillars for eyebrows, exactly. And she got super skinny, and she's wearing like slacks and like nice shirts, and, and like her face heels. looks completely different. Yeah, she's it's because she lost weight. She lost a lot of weight. She's super thin for the rest of the trial. In the very beginning, she's just like normal, I guess. Younger, like Younger a baby chub. weight. Yeah. Like baby whatever. weight. I don't want to say she was fat at all because she's not. No, she's not. No, no. That's not. Um, but clearly she was also being seen on TV and in the news and she was publicly aware of this and she had body dysmorphia, struggled with an eating disorder. So I'm sure that didn't, you know, help and all the stress from the case. So she was probably, you know, not doing well herself. So anyways. Just like, but even. That alone, her face looks completely different. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. The caterpillars creep me out. Like that's I don't what, understand how that yeah, happens. Those, yeah, those <laughs> are looking like at the progression. Thickies, dude. You're like, looking at the progression, right? For eyebrows. Well, you're looking at the progression, right? Like of like start to finish and what it looks like. You can. It almost. It looks like she got PR training. That's what it looks like. They're like, okay, we're gonna have to do something about oh, it. Yeah, we got to turn you all into of this. like you were saying all of this. Like yeah, you just this, all of this like, whole thing. Yeah, we got to do something about that. Well, they should have kept the homely look, maybe, you know. Anyways, so after she would serve her 15 months of the two and a half year term, she would have to serve five years of probation after. And after the sentencing, um, Michelle's attorney asked the judge to issue a stay of the sentence until all of her Massachusetts appeal options had been exhausted. The judge judge granted the stay with the condition that Michelle must stay away from the Roy family. You know, okay, so now that you mentioned this, I think this is the time when she goes to the theme park when she's appealing everything. Because she's, mm-hmm. she's allowed to be free. I mean, I think she's under the care of her parents, she right? Is. She's right. out she's, on bail, uh, I said what, that. No, no, what's the, what's the word for that when you're... Because we, we covered this in the... You're uh, free on bail. On bail? No, no, no. Remember the, um, the case no, sir, with the... I'm telling you what talking Will. I know, I'm talking to Will because the case we did... Um, to me, ma'am. What's the case? The one with the boat that is unsolved? The, the fire? Titanic? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah remember that guy? Long time ago. Yeah, remember that guy was held at home for like a million dollar bail or whatever it was, but he was allowed home, to be at home during the trial. Rest. Yeah, essentially. yeah, it was. There was a word that specific, I'm just thinking of a specific word, right? You get the gist. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where they're not, Parole they're bail. not. Well, they're not having to wait trial right. in jail. In, they're allowed right. to serve like part in, the, of their in sentence at home under the care of an adult or, or yeah. their parent. So uh, yeah, under a, had, a minor, they're not going to. Re- they can put them in their parents' custody. During it's the called trial. ROR, released on your own recognizance, but that's not what she's go on. That what okay, then that's then that's, that's what we're not talking. Then we're not talking about. That. We're not talking about ROR. <laughs> the then. way that you just worded that, that's what is a no. minor being released. No, to their he was only allowed to go free because he was released. The parents' responsibility essentially is whatever he does is now on the parents. If he fucks up, that's the parents' fault. Now that's all I'm saying. Google machine in your hand. Not Anyways. at the moment. I'm doing William a podcast does. right now. Yeah, I'm just Anyways. looking at pictures of the girl. So on February 6th, and also she at this point, I believe, is 18. So 
would not be released to her parents to have them take over whatever fuck up she decides to do. I think the guy in, in the boat case was also an adult. I think it's just someone to re- someone has to take responsibility for you, essentially. That's a They're- bail bondsman. Maybe it is that. I don't know. I just know there's a word for it that I can't think of. <laughs> you're, aggravating me, you're aggravating me with not being able to think of it because she's free on bail. So let's yeah. just continue. Okay. Okay, sure. Um, She's already been charged, convicted, and not sentenced yet. Well, technically, right. no, she has been sentenced, but she that is she appealing. Appeal. Right. She is on while out on appeal. I mean, she's out free on bond while appealing. Anyways. And doing doing her own thing with the theme parks. Got it. I guess. I missed that. But anyways, on February 6th of 2019, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruled that Michelle Carter acted with criminal intent by encouraging Conrad into committing committing suicide so her original conviction of involuntary manslaughter would stand and she would soon start her 15-month sentence. She began her 15-month sentence under a Massachusetts Massachusetts judge's orders on February 11th of 2019. So from the 6th to the 11th, she was told your shit is sticking and then she was sentenced or, you know, put in the jail. So very mm-hmm. quickly. She had a parole hearing very for early release and her request was denied in September of 2019. So she was quickly trying to get out of there at that point already. Yeah. And this is where I go into which amendment and it is the fifth also, but regardless, let me finish. Michelle Carter's lawyer petitioned the case to the Supreme court of the United States in July, in July of 2019 based upon the first amendment and the fifth amendment grounds. Her defense lawyers argued that Conrad had a history of suicide attempts and the decision to end his life was his and only his. They further argued that Michelle was quote unquote bewildered over the case against her. And that's what you were speaking to earlier, that she was shocked that she could even be charged with anything. And that all, and that taking all the text in context, she tried to talk him out of it. They argued in the initial hearings that Michelle Carter had broken no law, had a first amendment, had a First Amendment right to freedom of speech and was a juvenile. The Supreme Court declined to hear the case in January of 2020, leaving in place the Massachusetts Supreme Court conviction. Good. All right, so here's the Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So in that case, hers was clearly, she was, um, it was self-incriminating for her to have texted that without actually, they don't have proof that she actually said that to him. Right. So her, her. attorneys were arguing that she could say the fucking sky is pink and it could be purple. Who cares? That doesn't make it true. So they were arguing that that was a violation of her, her fifth amendment by them charging her based on, because they specifically state in her, you know, indictment charges, trial, whatever that she is being charged and sent. Are we sure that it wasn't in text form to one of her quote unquote friends? It was in text form. That's what I'm saying. She texted the friend that she told Conrad to get the well, fuck back that, in the truck. The proof. That's what I'm saying, though. 
there's no her attorneys at this point are arguing that she was she could have said that for attention to the friend and not actually told conrad that yeah the line is thin i told you yeah 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 i guess you're okay all their their previous texts are are, those uh, were completely and utterly null and void yes yeah so yeah i man yeah i see i see the dilemma here but it's just like as a certain point you did say that though i mean it's a text form so you did say that you were callous enough to say it to someone for attention Mm -hmm. whether it was true or not i feel like you regardless but also the 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 text towards the end before he actually did you know she gave him the ideas she told him what to do she encouraged it she demanded it she was very adamant like that he carried this act out that he had been talking about he you know whatever so the fact that none of that was admissible was a little alarming to me but the fact that she texts someone else yeah for hearsay essentially she could have made that up I mean, she said a lot of things during that first like hour or so uh, during and after Conrad's death. She immediately started texting she, before he had even passed. She was texting mm-hmm. other people like, "Oh, I don't know where he is. I'm worried about him. I think he might be doing it." While he's actively doing it, and she knows about it, mm-hmm. he she literally is on the phone like with him and then texting people at the same time. Like, "Oh my God, where is he? I'm so worried about him." And it's just like you immediately wanted the attention from this immediately, mm-hmm. and, and I like I go back and forth on on how I feel about this, but it's just like, man, that's, it's just terrible choices all around, like all around. And that's why I said, like, it was difficult for me to write this because at the very beginning I was so like, this bitch is, you know, whatever. And I'm still very much so not in any sort of form agreeing with what she did. But at the same time, the fact that she was also struggling mentally and I I just, I, I don't know the, I don't, condone anything but her sentence i don't feel matches uh, the severity yeah but also the amendment references how can all of the her directly telling him to do it is inadmissible and does not violate the first amendment rights but her fifth amendment and the first and fifth but her telling someone else which is technically hearsay. We do not have actual solid proof that those words came out of her mouth to his ears. So it's just her saying that. So I that was why, very why weird would thing. Something you say though, for why would I know, but why would you tell someone I'm a dick and I told him to get the fuck back in there? Why? That, why would you admit something so horrible? I don't to know. Tell, but, even if you think like it, I just even if you're trying to garner sympathy, why would? That's telling. that's where I, I that's where it lost me. She was su- su- the sympathetic sad girlfriend. Why the hell would she tell somebody that? Period. Like, who yeah. Did, like, what was that person? I don't know what she was trying why to did get. They from get it? granted the 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 luckiness of being told that one fucking thing, because everything else she's ever said about him apparently is you know all rainbows and butterflies and then that one fucking thing sealed her fate and it was not even to him so it pisses me off the fact that none of the shit she said to him is admissible and does not violate your first amendment rights i do believe in freedom of speech but when you you tell someone to actively fucking commit suicide and you assist them by telling them step by step what to do no fuck you go to hell you no longer are should be protected Uh, first amendment's yeah, well, the law says elsewhere. Like the law says completely different. And we so, could go into another one too. But so I, I guess in the same vein of 
inadmissible because he had initiated the the yes. suicide talk. She had just offered up the information. She, she initiated acted in a wanton and reckless manner by encouraging. No, no, I'm saying. No, no, I'm saying telling her friend what yes. she said. She offered that information freely. Yes, you know, so but that's maybe that that's how it's admissible. Said, the judge still said that her text message messages to Conrad were wanton and reckless. Mm-hmm. And encouraging encouraging him to commit suicide, but still protected under the First Amendment kills mm-hmm. me. But what she said to the friend is not. So it's still wanton and reckless. That's still involuntary manslaughter. Like she's being charged with it. But that wasn't what actually sealed her fate. Those were not the reason she was convicted. And that's just crazy to me that we could text someone and say such awful things to someone to make them kill themselves, encourage them, help them, assist them in whatever manner. As long as we're not physically doing it, we're protected. That That's insane to me. But yeah, a lot because of things in this fucking country are insane right now. So, Oh, yeah. Well, they're just getting worse. But uh, I think, it, well, speaking of getting worse, body body autonomy, he, she can't force him to do anything. You know, she didn't physically push him into the truck. That's true. So he still made that decision, whether she was encouraging it or not. He still made that decision, and it was the wrong decision, unfortunately. But it still was his choice. Like no one was there to physically like put a gun against his head and say, "Get the fuck back in the truck." So that was overall still his choice. Like, and I mean, look at today now in certain states, there is you know death with dignity laws. So you can have physician assisted suicide. That's yeah, That's but not, committing not, suicide. Yeah, but not for mental illness. No, so sure. not for, no, no, no. Like, I want to kill myself. I'm gonna go get a physician. Well, order actually, to kill there myself. have been cases in California of mental illness. I believe. Um, it's like they've been. They're at their last. Like they've every medication they've done ECT. They've done uh, hypnotherapy. They've done brain surgeries. I don't remember what exactly the case was, but I was. You have to exhaust all efforts. Yes unless for mental illness for sure but like for end of life care that's just death with dignity like if the person is dying there's no way they can they're terminal like there's why make them suffer i get that um but at the same time that was illegal and is illegal in some states and that's why people travel and you have to live in that state that you currently want to seek that treatment but regardless that's not what we're talking about here i just wanted to say that so on January 23rd of 2020, Michelle Carter was released early from prison more than three months before her sentence ended due to good conduct. Massachusetts state law allows inmates to reduce their sentence by 10 days per month for exemplary behavior, and Michelle Carter served 11 months and 12 days of her 15-month sentence. Many people expected this to set a legal precedent regarding whether it was a crime to tell someone via text to commit suicide while the case will be looked at, will for sure be looked at in the future, it didn't quite hit the landmark category some were hoping for. The judge noted that Michelle Carter had willed Conrad Roy's death, that she did not order him out of the truck, and that her that she did order him out of. I don't know why they wrote that in him back in the truck, and that her actions put him in a toxic environment, which constituted reckless conduct, and that that caused the death of Mr. Roy. So. Still, that's all it's stating that she did those things, but it wasn't in violation of 
certain thing. Like there were so many loopholes in this case. So that's why they were really hoping to set a precedent. Yes. And to make it the plain, I mean, the prosecution was not the defendants, obviously. But anyways, while U.S. law does not allow lower court decisions to bind other courts, legal pro- legal professionals believe it could have been a social effect by raising other courts' attention to new digital methods of communicating crimes. I mean, of committing crimes. The case also attempts to redefine social spectrum in which attitudes and behaviors would qualify as criminal that were not considered criminal before. So... That sounds like a slippery slope. Very. This whole case is... It sounds like you have to really be nuanced in this. If there was actual law implemented because of this, you'd have to be very careful with the wording because that sounds like your, your, your attitude and behavior could be criminal. No, I'm, that's, that's uh, the fact too far. That you cannot read or convey like inflection attitude. Like you can capitalize exclamation, do all the things in a text message. But if you don't word it, you know, like if you don't say die, like kill yourself, like those like trigger words, like things like that. But you could still say hateful, heinous things and they could still be like, you know, dissected and looked at and considered one day so criminal that you could be convicted of involuntary or voluntary or who knows, differing states, like not every state has the same, you know, charges and things like that. But like the I, fact that this could, ins- I don't feel that, especially in today's day and age where everything is so digital, where that's a, our main form of communication Hardly anybody talks on the phone. Everything is kept and there's a log of everything you've said, done, whatever. Everything's tracked. Why would you not be careful? Why would you p- just be wanton and reckless? That's my point. Uh, I can see why there wasn't a law made. This is very, very uh, super hard to navigate. What? How would you make this a law? Like It's really difficult tell people to kill themselves via text message just add that little you know but okay so in that case, at the bottom that starts a slippery slope like i mean hate crimes are a thing because there's a physical or a, a detrimental action but the ku klux klan can say fuck every other race you know what i mean without repercussions that's their right yes and they're that's, saying that's fuck fine every other race but you can yeah, say you, what they you want, want death. they, they want people encourage I understand they, what no, you're they, saying. I'm, they like, want I am not. Kill every other race other than white people. I understand yeah. what you're saying. I am not in any way, shape, or form and, sticking up for them. But what no. I'm saying is, is no, that. I am, I am, though, because that's their right. I mean, words are just words. And I, I, I but see when why you they don't are have a law. To an actively suicidal person who has expressed and c- tried multiple times. And they, you have, whether you've met your, you know, end of the road, I'm fucking done with this dude, like stop texting me, whatever the case may be, that sets a tone for everything. Like we are now living in a time where we realize after 50 fucking years, people can lose their rights to their entire body. That right there, if this text message of her telling him to commit suicide is not setting some sort of like need to change the first amendment or amend it why wouldn't you 
It was made before it, it opens up. It existed. opens up too many Just other options. Tell people to kill themselves. That's it. That's all you got to say. No, yeah, obviously don't do that. But legally, that's your right. On like, well, there's, only certain, there's only certain, there's only inciting certain a riot is illegal, but inciting suicide is not. Well, obviously, it, in wh- what it, other cases? What, what other cases has this happened? Um, there was one other case, and they were. It was this. Slightly different. I don't believe it was. Okay, te- okay. Fucking so look it's, at Tom Blonde. She caused not not physically, but she caused the death of another person through her actions and words. And but I believe since no, that has now, I don't think I do not changed. think there's still anything. No, yeah, like catfishing laws that, or that's whatever. A, well, catfishing laws. It, I don't even know. I think I, it's I a wanton. It. I'm keep going back. I hate fucking saying this word, but wanton and reckless is like there that is how she was convicted that's because they considered her her acts wanton yeah. reckless so had As they not considered it that she would have gotten off and even yeah, though case, she got a slap on the wrist it's not, they're, they're not gonna make a law about it it's case no. by case it's the same thing if the, the, the someone yelling fire in a movie theater or saying something like hey there's this guy's got a gun and it's, it's a case-by-case basis they're not gonna prosecute every single person that says something like that unless something happens from it it turns into a tragedy. I think until the prosecution sets a precedent and finds a case big well, enough to make it a landmark. I don't think you're thinking big picture. As much as I agree that you shouldn't tell people to kill themselves, and if they do kill themselves, it's really fucked up. I don't think you're seeing the big picture. If you if you take away one phrase or one action from the First Amendment, that op- like just like the fucking Roe v. Well, Wade, okay. it opens it up. It opens if it up you, to Plessy. It opens it up to all these other ones. Please don't do that. Okay. What? You, I'm just saying the comparison saying is go real. And look at, like you, go Google look, the first Hold amendment. on, dude. Hold on. Okay. Like you, you're saying if you take away these the right to tell someone to kill themselves, as shitty as that fucking is, and you shouldn't do it, and taking that away opens it up to any other phrase. It, nothing becomes. I didn't say that. I never I said take their right away. I said just don't say that. I know, yeah, but you're but trying that, to make it illegal. You're trying to. A- you're, that's just a fundamental thing. To get a no, I don't agree with this case. Have been setting, having been set as a landmark precedent setting case. I am saying that people should not do that. That should not. Yeah, but you're trying to get legal be, repercussions, is what you're saying. No, I'm saying the wanton and reckless is how she was convicted. That's still available all the time, no matter what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. What my point was is that there, if you go Google the First Amendment, there are like. 26 cases that have added to the amendment as time has happened from like 1909 to 2009, I believe. There's been several cases that have set precedents to add or change or amend the First Amendment and all other amendments out there. But my point is, is this was not the landmark case that they tried because they referenced another case in the First Amendment list of changed cases and they referenced the wrong one there were two cases they could have done they referenced the wrong one i do not remember the name of it but regardless my point is is that i'm not trying to take away anyone's constitutional right of freedom of speech i don't agree with people saying you're ugly like that's just mean stop being mean like but the fact that this person could have gotten off if she had not texted that friend saying that is insane. Like, no, fuck that. Like we live in a day and age where words are said in behind a screen on a keyboard, 
behind a phone. If we don't update our societal like rules and laws, how are we supposed to be okay with... I think they are updated. Say what you want. Okay. Yeah, Until it's, it's, you're it's, affected it's, directly by the yeah, case, and it's change. case by case, and then they prosecute. I guess it's just going to be different because, you know, you guys clearly don't get what I'm saying. No, we do. We do. Saying it's case by case. They're not going to make a broad spectrum law about it. I'm not it. saying make a broad spectrum about it. I'm saying... Well, it seems like you're kind of pushing that they should have set a precedent, which that is no. also dangerous. I'm saying, how is it dangerous to set a precedent just to say don't to don't encourage suicide? That's because then it opens it up to it opens up the, yeah. Because then you can no, you can log into anyone's precedent. Discord small, and be like, tiny president. Look at all these president. nasty things people say on the internet. Let's prosecute yeah. all of these people for online bullying. You have to be people have to. There are people being charged every day, like with cyberbullying. That's a charge. That's a that's a mm-hmm. thing. You can be arrested and prosecuted for cyberbullying. So telling someone to commit suicide on the internet in Discord is probably still more prosecutable than this case is what I'm saying. Mm. Every single day people are on Discord, Reddit, whatever social saying, media platforms are saying, yes. saying, fuck you, kill yourself, you're a piece of shit, you inward this, you slant eye, whatever the hell people call other awful fucking Damn. things. I know you went ham on that one. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. so word and then just dropped the slant eye. I know n word and slant eye. <laughs> um, but regardless, like those people do. If someone is bothered by it, they can take that to the police and press charges. But if there's no one pressing charges, they're not getting 15 months in prison for it. No, it depends on fine, what it? comes of it and how bad the bullying or but cyberbullying is di- is this was not a cyberbullying case. Obviously, what I'm saying is cyberbullying is more prosecutable like you might not even know the person she had a relationship with him and encouraged his suicide and i could talk to joe blow in buffalo montana or worth buffalo new york yeah, and buffalo, tell him, montana, yep. whatever and go tell him to fuck himself and he's a cracker ass cracker or what the fuck ever and then i can be charged with whatever because i said something that hurt joe's feelings like if he feels the need to prosecute that, then I could be getting the FBI on my fucking front door. Yeah, and how, and how recent is this cyberbullying? Pretty recent. No, like 2000. Well, it's recent. It's got to be super recent. Well, this but case well, is pretty fucking figure, recent. Well, two, while you ago. figure that out, while you figure that out, let me just say my point of view of what I was alluding to earlier. Um, so from what I gathered, I looked at different sources and then we watched that, that, documentary type of thing the uh, commonwealth versus um michelle carter um kind of what it felt like was i i don't necessarily think she was actually he was actually going to go through with it she was like telling him fucking do it fucking do it because he had threatened so many times before and the next day he would text her back he would text her like hey you know good morning or whatever you know whatever he was texting her so i felt like she thought this was just another this was just another day of him threatening to unalive himself. You know what I mean? So she was kind of like, she want. I feel like she wanted to get him to the point of doing it or close to it, obviously, and staying alive, like surviving the attempt. So he would be like, I'm over it. I'm, I tried to kill myself. I couldn't. And 
I appreciate life now. But he actually went through with it. And she wasn't actually expecting the next day to find out. He actually did it. I think this was just like a, a test or whatever I said earlier, pushed too far. I think she, not that she had good intentions because obviously she very much enjoyed the spotlight as the girlfriend of the dude who took his own life. But I don't think she, because this happened every, think about how we were talking about how normal this is. We're talking about how this is an everyday occurrence that he's threatening to do. And sometimes he took a bunch of pills or, or told her he did some stupid shit. And the next day text her back like like nothing. You know, I, I think there was a part of her that thought he's going to text me tomorrow. It'll be fine. This is just another stupid fucking ask for attention. And he he's not going to do it or, you know, he's not actually going to get back in the truck. You know what I mean? So I, I think there was a part of her that thought this is just another day and tomorrow he'll text me. And hopefully this time he will be like, I'm over it. I don't I actually don't want to die. I want to be alive because he came so close and now he appreciates his life. And that's, that's kind of where I, I think she is just a human. She's, she's, I don't see her as a big bad in, in a crime case. You know what I mean? This is a very nuanced. Yeah, she's looked at as a black widow and all that kind of shit. I don't see her that way. I, I, don't, I don't at all. This isn't black and white to me. She's, she's almost a victim almost. You know what I mean? Like she was mentally ill and she's a child. Yeah. I get it. I get it. That's not, but I get what you're saying. And let's, just touch base on that. Cyberbullying is the use of cell phone, instant messaging, email, chat rooms, or social networking sites such as Facebook and Twitter to harass, threaten, intimidate, or encourage someone to do something offensive. Mm-hmm. And it falls mm-hmm. under harassment laws, so there's not much behind it. But what technically? It's, it's basically no. it's it's Why someone's harassing that? me, so you just get uh, no. That's cyber stalking. Harassment is considered cyber stalking now. Like that's I'm looking at that. No, cyber, 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 cyber bullying, cyber bullying falls things. under it falls under harassment laws. I feel like you guys are saying the same thing. Yeah. Cyber stalking is different than cyber bullying. And cyber bullying falls under harassment laws. So so oh, it's does not te- a protected speech. So does text messaging. I just said that cyber bullying is. Cons- no, I just said you guys are saying the same thing. Text messaging is full of is a considered yes. form of cyber bullying. Yeah, it's harassment. Yeah, yes. you guys are saying the same thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm saying is it's it's harassment. So there's it. It's not going to carry a 15 month sentence. It's a harassment right. law. Is it a fine, or or is it? Any yeah, time you, at all? you get no, a, a sentence. It says it right here. <clears throat> or you just get a um, slap on the wrist. California has the harshest sentences, I think. Whatever the thing is that tells people to stay away from me. Uh, restraining order. Restraining order. <laughs> yeah, you can get a restraining order against people. But it just falls under harassment laws. It's not. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, it's not this case wanton and reckless. <laughs> Again, with that that phrase, <laughs> what, was it a domestic terrorist act? <laughs> yeah. God, damn, domestic terrorist man. <laughs> and it is illegal in all fifty states. While we're talking about domestic terrorists, get off my TikTok with your pro <laughs> Marvin <laughs> Meyer bullshit. I'm welcome. So, I don't. I don't know why I did not expect the most interaction we've had with a fucking video. I know. And you guys want to? We have eat over, we have like eleven thousand views on that video with like a couple hundred likes and a bunch of comments. All of them true American patriot, fucking but also, yeah. real American hero. All of you motherfuckers who've watched it, liked it, and encouraged it, but haven't listened to the damn podcast. Don't fucking comment your know, bullshit, Marvro shit. I'm waiting for the comment. We're like, I listened to it and fuck you. Yeah. God, that's so annoying. They don't uh, even know what the fucking podcast is about. Well, uh, now that we've ended the story, 
Uh, tell us what you think. I mean, obviously, we are very divided on this, it seems. Uh, no, we're not divided. I agree with it, you guys saying that we shouldn't. You're just argumentative. No, I'm just pissed off, okay? Yeah. Well, and I yeah, have every very, right to fuck right. right this now. Week, this week has been rough for women. I'll give you that. And it's, yeah, it's don't story take it out on that. us. We're talking about story a fucking story here. And the story didn't help out. It's we're about talking a woman. about legal precedents, and we're talking yeah. about um, amendments. And, amendments. Uh, my... Uh, bodily autonomy is over so you know yeah so just... um but in our news yeah but that's that's person uh, it's, it's state by state you can still come to california state state not mississippi uh, you, you, gotta ca- come, you can come to california or nevada yes, when i cross no, state lines it then becomes nevada's a federal fully, offense nevada's fully well, positive, then, fully full I cross safe. state lines be, so yeah. i'm gonna come to your house but i don't need an abortion let me make that come to my house one to, don't want one I'm have, not, in your house. Don't have no plans of getting one this is not about abortion. I need that to be clear. I am not pro-abortion. I am pro-life. Pro-life. Pro-women making choices for their own fucking bodies. If you don't have a uterus, haven't birthed a child, and cannot bear a child, go fuck yourself and eat a dick. Okay? Um, if you guys haven't noticed, which I don't think many of you did, I took off the uh, video subscription. Uh, I took off the video subscriptions because we just don't have time to really edit it the way we want to. And there weren't really that many of you in there anyway. However, if you're feeling generous, you could still, there's now a, a donate button. You can donate however much you want. Donate $5,000. Be nice. Donate, donate five. Donate. I'm telling you to donate five thousand dollars right now. I'm a cyber bully um, to donate five thousand dollars. You'll receive a personal. Just make sure you don't do it twice in twenty four hours. Yeah. Try and prosecute <laughs> yeah, so me. We until we get more. Because uh, we man, our jobs are so crazy right now. Um, so until we get some more time or or more. I don't know. Help. Better schedule. Yeah, more help. Maybe I guess. until I, I figured out how to do it because I'm no help with the videos. They are the only Someone, ones. Yeah, someone wants to, to work for us for free. And, <laughs> and you're good a good video maker. Video editor. Yes, and we have yeah. a job for you. Well, then. So just for that reason, I mean, we, we're, we're still we're recording this episode now. You just won't see it until we figure out how to get it out to you in time. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's still the donate button if you're feeling generous. Uh, other than that, I don't really have anything else. Do you guys have anything? Um, uh, fuck for a week late. The five who fucking voted down Roe versus Wade. Yeah, you heard it here okay. first. You, yeah. you heard it here. Check us out on Bloodthirsty Times on Facebook and Instagram and bloodthirstypod at gmail.com. And again, fuck those five. We have a, a guest appearance in two weeks with another fellow true crime podcaster I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, that's it. All I got. Check us out on all the socials. Uh, please let us know what you think about any of these cases. Just interact with us. Just send us a message. Let us know you're there. We'll say something back. Unless you're against what I'm saying, then fuck you. Unless you're pro Marvin fucking Hemeyer. Get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> All right. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.